Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. Big talk, big opinions, the panel. Right, this morning, uh, it's a big welcome to Dave Worsley and, of course, uh, to Ben Strang as our panellist this morning. And, uh, Dave Worsley, uh, nice to hear from you and uh, an interesting weekend of Super Rugby coming up individually, I I think, uh, for a couple of players too. One, Will Jordan, returning from a migraine-related condition to the Crusaders' starting lineup, and Anton Leonard Brown returns to play his 100th. And if he had stayed uh, injury-free, he'd probably be up to about 130 by now, now Anton Leonard Brown. Uh, good morning, Dave. Yeah, morning, uh, Smithy. And yes, it's exciting Super Rugby this weekend, although I do kind of feel that there is distinct this team should win for every game. When you look at uh, the Chiefs against the Highlanders, you know, the Chiefs should continue on, although this is probably their trip-up game. The Hurricanes, well, you know, on paper should win against Fiji, but it's, uh, you know, the Fiji and draw are very good in Fiji. Crusaders against Force, well, you've kind of got to give that to the Crusaders. Um, Blues, if they lose to Moana Pacifica, well, then, yeah, they're in trouble. So, in many ways, it's straightforward. In other ways, not so much, but great to see Will Jordan back. But, Smithy, when I hear about um, headaches, when I hear about head injuries, and then I see players about to play again, I just get a little bit worried. What happens if they do get another knock on the noggin? And, you know, does it really do some damage? Not just now, but perhaps later on down the track. Mm. Oh, look, I, I totally agree. Um, I'll, I'll be watching and I'll be cringing every time he gets into that situation because he's a very competitive physical player. Um, well, Jordan, there's no doubt about that. He doesn't shirk any responsibilities. Uh, so, Ben String, um, uh, I think a, a lot of eyes on him tonight. Absolutely. Um, the you know explaining it as a as a migraine problem is is quite interesting. Uh, you know, it'd be nice to have a few more details about it because it's a long time out. Um, I get migraines. I had two days of them this week on Tuesday and Wednesday, and they are um, debilitating and they they suck basically. And you can have the nausea and the the headache and the light sensitivity and your your balance can all go off. Like there's so much um, that can go on with these migraines. And so if it is a, a long-standing migraine issue, I have a huge amount of sympathy for them. If it is something to do with concussion and head knocks and that sort of thing, um, I also have the sympathy. It's just, it would be nice to, you know, because I think as rugby fans, they want to know that Will Jordan will go into a tackle and, and he isn't at heightened risk of, of uh, you know injury and, and and having another issue with his head, so I think um, it's it's just such a you know you probably see him play a couple of games. He possibly feels the same way, and that he'll be going into each tackle thinking, you know, um, let's just make sure that I do this right and 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 don't have anything sort of pop up. Which um, it, it's difficult when you're a professional athlete, and and you could possibly be thinking about that. But I do know um, I had a. I was off 11 months with a concussion myself a couple of years back, and uh, the, the 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 best thing I was told is when I um, saw a neurosurgeon uh, or, or something like that, and she told me the best thing you could do is go back and play sport. It's the it's the best thing 
for your head. And so I imagine Will Jordan's getting the same messages that, you know, you'll be all right. Uh, this is actually really good for you to to, to do this. Um, so looking forward to seeing him playing. Yeah, I am too. And uh, having uh, I've had migraines. I went through a patch of them, thank God, touch wood. They've left me, but uh, years and years ago, uh, as, as a player, um, I went through the odd migraine. In fact, I missed a, a World Cup game because of a migraine. You just cannot move. Um, and you just lay down in a dark, dark room and hope that you wake up uh, at some stage feeling a lot better. And um, honestly, for a professional athlete, you're right, debilitating is, is such a key word there, Ben. Uh, Anton Leonard-Brown playing his uh, 100th. Ben, for you, um, a great servant for the Chiefs, been pretty faithful since he was uh, picked, cherry-picked uh, by, I think, Wayne Smith way, way back. But um, he's had his injury problems as well, so nice to see him back. Yeah, he said a, a teacher at Christchurch Boys High School was giving him advice on what he should do, and that teacher happened to be Wayne Smith. Uh, and so that's some pretty pretty good advice to get, isn't it? Um, and you mentioned 130 games. Maybe if he hadn't been injured, it feels like more like 200. He's been a um, he's been a fixture of this team in New Zealand rugby. It feels like for so long, uh, and yet he did start so young. So um, I mean, that Chiefs side is is humming along anyway, unbeaten. Um, don't look like they'll be beaten. So to add Anton Leonard-Brown into the equation just seems a little bit unfair, to be honest. Um, it will be exciting to see him play. It's a very good thing for the All Blacks as well in World Cup year to have this man coming back and and possibly being part of that team heading into the World Cup. So uh, important timing-wise uh, as well that he can start to get some rugby under his legs. Right, uh, Dave Worsley, tonight, big night for the Phoenix at Hindmarsh Stadium in uh, Adelaide, looking to turn around a 5-1 defeat to stay in the race for the title this year. What have you made of the Phoenix, perhaps, in the last month and their chances tonight? Well, the last month has been all over the place, putting it mildly, and uh, I felt that they were a better side than a lot of their performances, so I've watched them a lot. I've actually, you know, earlier in the season, I felt they were a really good team that could have finished quite a bit, well, quite a way up, maybe even third or something like that. And they really were in that position. However, I'm not sure, just something fell away. I don't think there was any overall injuries that affected them dramatically uh, that they couldn't sort of recover from. I'm just really not sure what happened there. They had some horrendous defeats. And as you mentioned, 5-1, you know, any, any game in playoffs is not easy because no matter what, subconsciously as a player, you have that over you that this is it, particularly in the elimination playoff, this is it. If we lose this, we're out and we come, what is it, six out of 12 teams. Well, that really sounds pathetic or, or whatever it is. Um, some of these things you've got to actually finish below half and still make playoffs. So I, I feel that, I mean, I, I like to say, gee, I have this feeling they're going to win, but really that means absolutely nothing. Um, I, I'd love to see them go through another round and get into the real playoffs. Well, to do that, they're going to have to shut down uh, Craig Goodwin, who's, uh, of course, uh, a superb player, a superb finisher. Uh, and Oscar Zavada, of course, are probably going to rely on him as well, Ben Strang, to find the back of the net at some point. Yeah, it's kind of all about those two in some ways, isn't it? Because, you know, I was just trying to think of reasons that Wellington might actually win this after getting absolutely pumped last time they played Adelaide 5-1. And it's hard to it's hard to think of those reasons. Oscar Zawada being one of them, the fact that he's one of the best strikers in this league, he's in fantastic form, 15 goals. Uh, he's been a, a top-notch signing for the Phoenix. So, so just if they can... 
you know, if he can carry the team on his back uh, up front, the, the question is whether Adelaide will allow him to get any ball. I think if, if they can shut that one man down, the Phoenix are, are a much lesser team. Uh, so that's the question. And then Craig Goodwin, it doesn't look like anybody can shut him down. He is uh, he's phenomenal. Uh, best player in the league by some distance uh, this season, it seems. So, uh, yeah, I mean, the fact that Wellington's uh, defence has been just so poor for the majority of this season uh, does does have me worried when a player of that calibre is on the other sideline uh, on the on the other side and yeah I, you never know with the Phoenix I, we were talking last night um, uh, a colleague of, of mine and um, we said you just never know with the Phoenix you might get sort of a, a, a top of the league sort of performance that they look like they're world beaters or you might get one where they look like they're going to take home the one spoon and so hopefully we get the uh, the better side of that tonight. Okay, uh, also uh, overnight uh, is the fourth one day international Dave between the Black Caps and Pakistan. Uh, the series is gone, 3 0 down. Um, so we're probably looking at uh, an, ex- uh, an inexperienced lineup uh, getting what uh, we all thought that they would get. But individuals uh, still have plenty to play for, it would seem, for Gary Stead. Yeah, that's right. I mean, I've actually been, and I know we're 3 0 down, but I've been uh, watching all the games, or certainly the better parts of. Uh, all the games, and I don't think the New Zealand team as a whole has played that bad. They haven't quite connected everybody playing well at once. You've got to look at that Pakistan team, and you know you go through it and you go, "Hang on, these guys are at full strength, and they're loving it. They're loving being at full strength as well." And you look at the Black Caps, and what is it? Six, eight of our top liners out. That's half the team is, is out that you would you know, genuinely select and put in there. So I think the second stringers have actually done reasonably well. It's just that uh, you know, you've had one or two players when really you need four, perhaps five, to actually contribute. And uh, at times it's sort of been Daryl Mitchell and maybe someone else. Uh, I was quite impressed with uh, McConchie, the way he played. He uh, took a couple of wickets, uh, batted reasonably well down the order. So I, I think you know, I, I haven't been thrashed either. This last game, sure, it was 26 runs. They just sort of ran out. Uh, was, you look at what happened in the uh, T20s. They actually came back really, really well. I was impressed with Mark Chapman there. There's been some good individual performances. I don't think Chapman will make it into the... He'll be a reserve for the uh, for the Black Caps for the World Cup because uh, you can't really put him in on his... T20 form, he's got to contribute a bit more. There's been some reasonable bowling performances. So I don't know about you, Smithy, and uh, you, Ben, but I've, I've actually haven't been, you know, that down on it. I'm not sure what we're expecting. We didn't expect any wins going to Pakistan with this team, whether in the T20s or the UR one days. No, you're right. It's a very good point, actually. It's such a such a hard country historically for New Zealand to get too much out of. Uh, ben, what what are you looking forward to? I mean, if you're Gary Stead, who who, have, who are you really excited about, and who are you disappointed in at this stage? That's a very difficult question to answer. I'm not overly excited by anybody that I've seen. Mark Chapman obviously was fantastic in the 2020s, and in his batting position in this one-day side, uh, you're not necessarily expecting him to come out and and hit hundreds again. Um, he's more in that sort of closer role, I would say, down the order, and and has been coming in a little later. So you know you can, as Jimmy Neesham said in the past, you've just got to be uh, you've got to be ready for failure and and okay with failure when you're batting in in that sort of role. And and so he hasn't exactly fired in the one-dayers. 
Daryl Mitchell was obviously um, top class. He's been fantastic. I I quite like the idea of Tom Blundell at the top of the order. I think he is um, he's a quality player and and can do well, particularly in bouncing conditions. But you know, if I'm if I'm brutally honest, this is this is what I'm afraid of for the Black Caps team in the next few years, particularly with 2020 leagues popping up all over the world. The, the talk of a an international sort of, um, you know, football sort of style thing where the leagues take over and then there's international windows. Uh, I, I just feel like there's going to be a lot more times when our top players are off playing 2020 leagues. We can't field our top class New Zealand side and we don't necessarily have the depth of other sides and and, and get put to the sword. Um, this isn't the best New Zealand lineup you'll ever see. And I don't see how that's going to change in future tours, just the way world cricket is going at the moment. So it's a, it's another one of those situations where I'm enjoying the success when it comes. And, and the 2020 series was fantastic. But I just fear that we're going to see more of this where, you know, we, we look for promise, uh, but maybe there's not too much there. I, I agree. I, I totally uh, agree. And uh, it worries me. Uh, the future tours plans and things with cricket and uh, just where they're going to go and they're just getting squeezed from my point of view uh, time and time again which uh, uh, dilutes the, the standard of, of international cricket in itself the only reason Pakistan players uh, Pakistan team is at full strength at the moment is because they're not allowed to play in the IPL uh, for political reasons um, so that's the reason otherwise the, the Barbara's arms the Shaheen the Freedies uh, they'd be hauling in decent checks to play um, in uh, an IPL situation, but that I don't think will ever change. It's 10.30. We've got Dave Worsley and Ben Strang with us at the moment. Uh, We'll have part two of uh, the panel after the news here with uh, Aroha. Big talk, big opinions, the panel. Right, Dave Worsley and Ben Strang. Dave Worsley, if I said to you and put you up against the wall and said, Tell me who the face of New Zealand rugby is right here and now. Who is the face of New Zealand rugby that you want to put on your poster and say, follow us? Who is it? Oh, gee, uh, Adi Savia. There you go. Adi Savia. Okay, I think a very popular choice. And for you, Ben? I was going to say the exact same thing. Adi Savia is the, the one that comes to mind. It's interesting because there is a school of thought that perhaps Ruby Tui, Ben, could be up there. Oh, yeah, yep, yep. No, that's fair enough, and you've caught me out. Um, just thinking very much about the male game. So, no, you're, you're. <laughs> that's a very good shout. And and the the fact that she has re-signed with the Black Ferns for two years with a sabbatical is probably one of the biggest re-signings that uh, that New Zealand have uh, sorted in the last wee while. The fact that she's sticking around, she is a game changer for the women's game. Um, there's so many girls and women wanting to play rugby because. Ruby Tui is involved, and she's just an electric personality. So, uh, yeah, very good shout. I, I, uh, I admit I, I hadn't thought of that. <laughs> That's no problem at all. Hey, look, here's, here's an interesting one, um, Dave Worsley, for me. Uh, Tiger Woods may have uh, given us an indication that his playing days are all but done, um, limping out of tournaments, limping through tournaments, etc., uh, great for the ratings, etc. But it's almost a bit pathetic when you see um, his uh, body, the, the shape it's in at the moment, and the pain on his face. And uh, so, he's, what he said to his caddy, his longtime caddy Joe LaCava, who just sits and waits for Tiger to be fit, 
Um, go and find uh, someone else, and he's found Patrick Cantlay. What does that suggest to you about uh, the future for Tiger Woods? Anything much? Well, yeah, I think just what you said. You know, his body can't seem to take it anymore. And it's, it's hard as a fan, let alone as a player or family and supporters, etc., to watch a competitor, and he was extremely competitive, and to watch a great athlete, and he was a great athlete, struggle. And that's where you have to think, I know you want to have another go, but perhaps this could be it. You know, when you see any great athlete and they're not at their 100%, but they want to keep on going, you can see them struggling to walk or struggling to hit the ball. Well, I think that's it's just difficult. I mean, you see it and you kind of feel their pain, I, I guess. Uh, you know, Not really, but you kind of do feel it and you think, gee, I don't know if I, I want to remember them at the top, not as a struggler. Well, I, I'm, I'm with you, actually, but I... I I would love to see him back fully fit. I'd love to see him play the majors and maybe one or two or three other tournaments throughout the year, but I don't think it's going to happen. I really don't. Um, but uh, Ben Strang, uh, do you think this is almost a signing off? I do. I do. It makes sense, the fact that he isn't playing very many tournaments that he'd allow his, his caddy to go and earn some money uh, elsewhere. Um, we, I was just talking to Logan yesterday, um, Logan, the producer, uh, about it yesterday, and um saying, you know, in the back of my mind, there's this dream where in a couple of years, Tiger Woods has, has got himself in the best shape he's been in a long time and he, he rocks up to one of the majors, maybe maybe the Open Championship, and he's asked Steve Williams to, to be on his bag one last time and somehow they they romp home for a victory. I mean, that, that's just the, the dream scenario is for, for Tiger Woods to be able to sign off in that sort of way. Uh, I just, the way the injuries have panned out, just it does not seem like... That is at all possible, but you know you can you can only dream. It would just be such a fitting way for Tiger to go out to 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 be able to win one more tournament and and show just how good he is. Well, his life is a story, um, and the story, of course, is uh, uh, about you know his problems with relationships, um, his uh, you know his car accident, his you know, and then of course you you talk about the golf. How do you think? Um, he'd be remended uh, purely just for the golf. I don't think it is purely just for the golf. I think the that everything that has come with Tiger is is part of the story. I think in his early days, people will just remember the phenomenon who arrived on the scene, not necessarily out of nowhere. He was fantastic as an amateur as well, but the way that he that translated instantly into professional success, the way he was asked in his first tournaments, you know what are you hoping to get out of this tournament? And he just sort of straight-faced, I'm here to win it. And people are saying, well, come on, mate, you've, you've only just started as a professional. And he was just going out and winning tournaments from, from day one. Um, I think that was phenomenal. The stuff that came later, um, the cocktail waitresses, the divorce, the, the golf club into the, into the windscreen, the car crashes, um, that has all added to his story, uh, not necessarily in a positive light, but then again, the the comeback story after all of that is is what adds to Tiger Woods as well. You you doubt there would be many athletes who would return from some of the injuries he suffered, and and still win tournaments and and to win that major a couple of years ago uh, was was quite remarkable. Um, so so yeah, I think I think there's so much to Tiger's story that make him go down as is one of the best golfers you will see in your life. Uh, and it isn't just the golf; it's the it's everything that has come with Tiger. And, and for you, Dave, will, will it be um, 
the movie, will the movie, the final Tiger movie, um, be remembered for golf or will it be remembered for um, a life lived fully at such a young age? <laughs> well, Smithy, uh, he's American, so it's showtime. Remember, he was pictured on, uh, what was he on one of the uh, night shows where as a little kid, here he was uh, putting the ball, and he was probably about six years old, and then it went from there. When you live in the States, it's all about showtime. There's also talent and skill and all that sort of thing, but your whole life is in the camera. I was there in 1996 at the Masters. Uh, he was there as an amateur, came back the next year and won it. I also saw him win a couple of times at PGA tournaments. There was one when I think Tulsa, Oklahoma, maybe 2008, came through one by about 18 shots. It was stinking, stinking, stinking hot. And Tulsa's not exactly the nicest place either. And uh, basically, he said about three, maybe four sentences in the press conference, and then that was it. And he just thrashed everybody by about 18 holes. It was phenomenal watching him play and watching the, uh, the galleries follow him. But it was all about the Tiger show. There were some other very good players playing in that tournament. No, they didn't count for anything. It was all about Tiger, and that's the thing. That is how it works in the U.S. It's all about the money. It's all about the personality. Sometimes there's some skill and talent involved as well. Dave Worsley, it is, uh, by my reckoning, being the fifth today, 17 days from the start of the next tennis Grand Slam, the French Open. Prospects, please. <laughs> and uh, what's the field going to look like? Uh, it's going to be a complete and utter mess in the men's and in the women's, relatively complete and utter mess. There you go. Uh, if I was going to put some money on the men's field, I would spread it wide because Nadal, who knows, he'll probably come back and win it again for the umpteenth time. But, you know, at the moment he's hitting just a little bit. There's some uh, video of him training, but not that well. Uh, he hasn't hardly played since, uh, what, since the, oh, the Open. Uh, you've got Djokovic is hitting, but not playing so much in tournaments. He's had a couple of losses to players you wouldn't expect him to um, you know, to lose to. He's hit the pass all over the show. Medvedev doesn't think he can win on clay. He's the best hardcore player probably at the moment. Uh, so you, you start looking around. Then you look at Carlos Alcaraz, probably the favourite to my mind. Um, but he's not playing as well as he can just yet. However, yeah, probably there's your favourite. Put your money on him if you're looking for a favourite, but the rest is really a little bit chaotic. Woman's draw, uh, Schwartek probably favourite, and then it's it's a little bit messy. There's no... I, I don't think there's quite the depth in the women's game just at the moment, aside from her and Sabalenka. There you go. There's your two finalists at once. Thank you very much, uh, Dave Wesley. Thank you this morning, and thank you also to Ben Strang, um, because, uh, oh, actually, Ben, I, I should touch on the NRL Magic Weekend. Um, Warriors, Penrith, what are you thinking? Uh, um, I mean, the the injuries stacking up for the Warriors, it's uh, um, a bit of a worry. Hopefully they can bounce back, but I wouldn't be surprised if we saw another loss here uh, this weekend. The, the, the thing we're still just wanting to see is the, the reserves keep stepping up with a lot of heart, and I think we will see that. It's just whether there'll be the talent to go with it and, uh, and perhaps not this weekend. Okay, fair enough. Wouldn't be nice to have uh, been a, a magic weekend uh, at Mount Smart. Uh, over some stage, you think it'll ever happen? Be pretty costly, I would think, to fly them all over at once. I wouldn't uh, bank on the NRL uh, bringing that sort of thing to New Zealand anytime soon. When the the money on offer in Australia is is so phenomenal, and 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 they're getting such great crowds. But hey, maybe one day.
Maybe one day. Okay, uh, thank you very much, Ben, and to, to Dave as well uh, for being panellists this morning here on SENZ, where she will be back very shortly. We're going to speak to Louis uh, before 11 o'clock and uh, catch up with, hopefully, Pip Morris from the TAB on uh, prospects uh, for you to make a dollar or two, reminding you, of course, always to bet responsibly here.